And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Great news. Great news. The Cosmic Crisps have landed. Yes, hailed as the first apple to be developed in the state of Washington, backed by a marketing rollout plan never seen before for an apple. The new apples are arriving in grocery stores as we speak. Ready for lunch boxes and dining room tables. Really? We have apples on the dining room table? The apple, a hefty, tasty cross between the Enterprise and the Honey Crisp, is a product of Washington State University Tree Fruit Program. Horticulturist Bruce Barrett first made the cross in 1997. That's how long it's taken to get the Cosmic Crisp. But but it's now available and it's ready to go. So no, I won't hear of it. Nothing that we have something brand new, a brand new fruit, the cosmic crisp. Sadly, it actually sounds good. It does. It, it honestly does. Congratulations are in order again, not only to Washington State for the Cosmic Crisp, but uh, Mariah Carey, uh, All I Want for Christmas is You, has become a number one hit here in the U.S. Yes, congratulations, Mariah. After 25 years, amazing. Amazing. She hits the, the holiday charts, reaching number one. Billboard announced the song finally topped the charts this week. Uh, congratulations, Mariah. You've, you've finally done it. You realize that <sighs> she's made more than $60 million in royalties off of that song. Congratulations, Mariah. I mean, good for you, right? $60 million bucks for that and don't forget she got the guinness record in the uk she's got like three guinness book all from this song i mean holy cow i love the song but you know 60 million bucks worth if it was my song yes i love that song very much in fact that needs to be a lot more but since it's not my song it's a lot of money be tough to take not really that hard. Yesterday, we talked a lot about uh, uh, body odor and should you wear deodorant, should you not wear deodorant. And uh, I got this email at the chewing the fat at the blaze.com. And I guess we're, you know, we're back to uh, we're back to joke of the day on chewing the fat. So uh, the joke of the day. A lady on a commuter train is reading a newspaper article about life and death statistics. Fascinated, she turns to the man next to her and asks, Did you know that every time I breathe, somebody dies? 
Really? The man says. Yes, she replies. Have you tried a good mouthwash? Thank you. Be here all week. As long as we're talking about, you know, females making money. Mariah Carey, 60 million off of Christmas song. Amazing. Um, there are females out there making good cash. Uh, you know, not Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you cash. But uh, you remember Maitland Ward? She's a former Disney actress. Uh, she was in uh, Boy Meets World. And uh, she's 42 now. And she now makes more money in porn than she made uh, on Disney and working as a regular actress. She's recently been nominated for two Adult Video News Awards. <laughs> How proud does that make you feel? And, uh, I mean, at the big porn awards, she was uh, she got the... Uh, she got the Academy for the uh, best three-way scene as best supporting actress. I mean, congratulations, Maitland. You are, con- seriously, congratulations. I mean, yes, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, she doesn't look bad. Just looking at a picture here of, the, of a Maitland Ward. She's not bad. She said when people say she had to turn to porn, I laughed. Because that's a good thing. I'm making more now than ever. If you talked to me when I was younger, uh, I would have never seen this coming out of me. Wait. Anyway, she, uh, you remember her as Rachel McGuire uh, in the Boy Meets World. That was over in 2000. Wow. That doesn't seem, I mean, 100 years ago. Uh, in 2013, as a 30-something actress, she says, Look, I started, I started cosplaying. I started dressing up. My publicist was like, hey, hey, stop with the sexy pictures. Nobody's going to hire you. Uh, stop doing the sexy stuff. You should be auditioning for, you know, to play Disney moms. And she thought, you know, I don't want to be a Disney mom. There's a song there somewhere. And uh, she decided, look, I'm making all kinds of money now that my Instagram fans wanted more adult content. So I have a Snapchat premium account, the porn app only fans and content service on Patreon. I mean, she's making five figures a month and she's only using her one figure. Thank you very much. You'll be here all week. Thank you. What's that? Nice to have a drum set right behind you at all times. I'm telling you, Maitland is uh congratul again, Maitland, congratulations. You've you're again. Yeah, thank you. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, the crowd's still here. I didn't kick him out yet. Okay. Thank you so much. I mean Okay. You know, darn the luck. Do you want to be a Disney mom or a porn star? Maitland went the porn star way. Also, uh as long as we're speaking of money, um, Jeff Bezos uh, was knocked off the pier uh, for a little while, or off the mountain, really, not the pier. But he was knocked off the mountain uh, as the richest guy in the world. Uh, not for long. He's still there. He's back. He's coming on strong. But, you you know, it's usually between Jeff and Bill. Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos are usually knocking each other off from time to time, depending on stock prices and, uh, you know, who's worth more. Man, that divorce killed Jeff. He's only worth 109 
910 billion now. I don't know how he's getting by. But uh, the new guy on the block, uh, Arnaud. Yeah, Bernard Arnaud, CEO of French luxury conglomerate LVMH. <laughs> I believe that is his theme song, too. Whenever he takes over the, the, uh, the top spot. He's risen, uh, he's 70 now, and uh, he, uh, he added uh, $34.3 billion to his net worth this year. That's a pretty good year. That's a pretty good year. He acquired Tiffany last month. He got, uh, and that included Louis Vuitton, Dom Perignon, and the stock rose, I mean, 60%. So, I mean, he's in third place right now at $107.8 billion, But he's now up there fighting, fighting for that top spot between Bill and Jeff. So Jeff's number one, Bill's number two, and Bernard, oh, no is uh, number three right now. Uh, but uh, he's uh, ever so often, depending on that stock price, be battling for number one spot, just eh, kicking Jeff in the rear a little bit. And it does make you feel, well, it makes you feel sad for Jeff, doesn't it? I mean, gosh darn it. He had that affair. And he got an affair and I fell in love with someone else. Yes, I... I was up to 140, 150 billion. I had to pay off my wife. <laughs> she just took enough to be happy and still leave me at number one. But gosh darn it, I still have to keep fighting for number one now. I'm not just there all, all alone. I know. Think of that. I mean, he was. Think how far he was ahead of everyone until the wife took her cut. And I really think. I still think she should have taken more. But I'm sure she's doing okay with that thirty, forty billion that Jeff gave her. She's probably getting by okay. I'm not sure if this is good news or bad news. I guess for the company, it's good news. Um, the restaurant in uh, Draper, Utah, which is you know just south of Salt Lake, there. Uh, Rancheritos is opening back up. So if you're if you're listening to chewing the fat uh, in uh, Utah and specifically the Greater Salt Lake City area, uh, you may be familiar with Rancheritos, and uh, they are back open. So you're able to go there. They closed for a while after they had uh, an employee videotaped uh, peeing into the kitchen drain. Ouch. It was not, unless he couldn't make it, and it was a burning sensation. And the video didn't appear to be a burning sensation. It appeared that he was, he was just, you know, deciding he didn't want to go to the restroom. So there wasn't any. Ouch! There wasn't any ouch. It was just a matter of, it was more of a. And uh, so they started the video surfaced, and uh, they shut him down. And so a customer, I like to be the customer in the drive-thru lane, you're videotaping the guy urinating on the drain. Don't worry about my order. I'm good. Uh, although if your order's already up, you beat the pee. 
So you're taking your order. I'm hungry. I'm saying, no, I, you know, mine's good. I'll take mine right there. Not from you, though. Have the other guy touch it. Yeah, the other guy can give it to me. Matter of fact, I'm just going to hop out of my car here and get it myself. I'll reach through the window myself. Uh, although you don't know if it was the first you know, if it was the first time or if the employees are just, that's a regular occurrence. That's why they were shut down. So they shut them down and had an inspection. So for the past three months, uh, they've been closed and, uh, big, I guess, busy cleaning. And um, they uh, the employee, of course, has been fired. That's what they say. And uh, they're reopened, though. Good news. Rancheritos is back open. So good news for uh, those of you living in the uh, greater Salt Lake area. I know you've been missing the lunch drive through at Rancheritos. So it's back up and running. And hopefully the employees are well aware after training, after specialized training, that they know not to urinate in the kitchen drain right there especially where you can be videotaped remember you're always on camera man you gotta if you're gonna do something like that turn the cameras off seriously now i'm a big fan of coca-cola zero Uh, you know that i mean i always have hold on oh my gosh seriously a cold coke zero is one of the best liquid substances in the world so Coca-Cola now is launching, everybody wants Everybody wants to get a piece of the subscription pie. Everybody wants a piece of it. And I know it's a great idea, and there's all kinds of companies. You got, you know, socks are us, and belts are us, and shaves are us, and nose hair pluckers are us, and everybody's are us. We'll send you a monthly, a monthly box, and everybody wants the monthly box of, from nose hair pickers. Ouch. And, Ouch. Right. You don't Ouch. Want, you don't. Seriously, you don't want that. But, uh, you know, if you're paying the subscription fee, you're looking forward to the box of nose hair pickers. Uh, but everybody wants to have the box come, right? I mean, at, with AMC, with The Walking Dead, my son and my wife have a company that sends stuff to us every month. And, I, you know, they, it's there, right? I mean, it's, every company wants to be a part of it. So now Coca-Cola has launched their $10 a month subscription service. All right. The first 1,000 insiders are going to get an exclusive first taste of some 20-plus new beverages. So, limited number of fans get the sweet taste in 2020, so they're just giving you 1,000. That's kind of, wait a second. Wait a minute, what, I can't do it after 1,000? Hold on. That's not fair. Now I'm, now I'm mad at Coca-Cola. What the heck? How could just let us get the number? If we're a thousand, we should. You, if you only wanted a thousand, then you, I should be able. If you have two thousand, it should be one thousand point one. I'm customer one thousand point one or one thousand point two. But you get uh, limited edition boxes for ten dollars a month, or you can prepay for all six months and save ten bucks. So you can give fifty up front for six. Once registered, the hand-picked products arrive straight to your doorstep. Now, of course, they were, you know, in the story. Thank you. In the story. You know, Coca-Cola was inspired from meal kits and razors and pet supplies and makeup. Yeah, and they don't mention right there between the lines, which we do here on Chewing the Fat. That's one of the things we do is read between the lines. Nose hair pickers. Ouch. And, uh... 
So for 10 bucks a month, you can get Coca-Cola products delivered right to your door, and you get uh, special insider drinks that only you, as a, as a s- subscriber to the Coca-Cola Insider's monthly service, you get to taste 20 new beverages. Look, they own... They're the largest beverage company in the world. They have 500 sparkling and still brands and 3,900 beverage choices available for more than 200 countries. Wow. Well, that's huge. So that's a pretty good deal. And I'm sure that now that I'm telling you, you know, good luck becoming part of the Coca-Cola insiders because only a thousand. Shoot. That's a, that's already a done deal, man. Good luck. You can give it a shot though. All right, thieves are starting to get uh, well, thieves are starting to get cocky, and I don't know I'm kind of for it a little bit, just a little. But uh, in Minnesota, a man was uh, you know expecting a package to be delivered to his home, and he went out and opened the door to see if this package was there. Which is kind of strange because most places now, when they deliver your package, they take a picture and they text you and they let you know, hey, your package is there. But, you know, oh well. So he went out to the porch and there was no package, but there was a handwritten note. And, uh, you know, so apparently the porch pirates, as they're called, uh, are now leaving little notes. So just a quick little thank you for leaving me the opportunity of stealing your package very nice of you thank you the new owner of your package <laughs> so now they're just leaving notes dropping notes when they steal your package um you know in texas that'll get you shot come up to the porch pirates. no 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 don't don't do it don't do it well but, no no you don't need to shoot people all you need to do is just get this this new package that i saw on youtube the other day uh, i'll pull up the the name of this guy but he designed this this package it had four cameras so you could a- always identify the pirate once they opened it. It, right. it it didn't have anything of value in it but then it but it had a glitter bomb it had two stink bombs in it and then it had a speaker that went the package is in motion. Launching recovery procedure now. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it, it mean, was. It was that, great. That's kind of funny. And as you can tell, uh, uh, Chris Cruz is uh, decided that uh, his holiday vacation uh, needed to start already. And so, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever. You know, if he wants to play Mr. Big Shot and he can take all the time off he wants, you know, let him go ahead. It's fine. But uh, Christian Bustler is uh, sitting in for Chris. And there's no need to find the name of the the package. I, I I remember the video, and that's fine. And I understand that 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 will get you you know do that. But uh, there are ways for you to have you know Amazon, FedEx, and UPS. You can have your packages held up. You can ask them to be put in certain places. You can you know Amazon has their their hub locker locations. And I thought really I, Amazon. They always take a picture and text you when they deliver. Your package is delivered. It's there. So you know it's there. Um, most places these days are under surveillance. You don't necessarily need to have the, you know, the the box telling them that they're in motion or have, uh, you know, stink bombs in them. But, uh, you know, they're making it a big crime now in a lot of states to be porch pirates. But I will say that uh, 
I still believe uh, that happening in Texas will get you and maybe more than once. Yeah, take that. No, that's, no there was only one guy. That's no, no. Seriously, there was only one guy, Christian. So he's already no, he's already laying in my front yard. So don't worry about it. It's okay. You can just put the note that he left back in his pocket. Take your package. You didn't need that last. That last shot will get you thrown in jail. Look who it is in the break room. So as I wander over to the break room today to uh, take a sip of my Coca-Cola Zero Sugar again. Oh my gosh. Not being part of that new Coca-Cola subscription service yet. Uh, I find a story about a Michigan man who robbed a Hardee's restaurant, but he told his lawyer that he committed the crime so that he could return to prison. Well, a judge has made that possible and sentenced him back to 25 uh, and 40 years in prison on an enhanced sentence because it was his fourth offense. And it got me thinking, why? I mean, have we become that entrenched into a system that uh, you know you become institutionalized and i was thinking about my man david j casey who we've talked to before on the program and we talked to him last time about uh the hanging of jeffrey epstein and is it possible because david uh i don't know if you know this he's been a guest of federal and state detention centers uh around the country for many years uh multiple years and is now and has been out for multiple years now david how are you my friend Good, good. I'm doing good. Glad to ha- glad you uh, gave so, me an opportunity to come on and talk about this. So, how many years were you a guest at uh, federal and state penitentiaries? Twenty four and a half, almost twenty five years total. Uh, you know, and uh, I did a life bit on the installment plan. So, and how long have you been? How long have you been out now? I've been out ten years now. Oh, see, I mean, that's. I mean, seriously, that's fantastic. Um, are you, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Everything good? I'm doing good. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm doing real good. I, I, you know, you, you, you brought this situation up with this guy wanting to return and I actually can understand that mindset, uh, because uh, Jeffy, I, I, I don't want to get biblical on you, but the familiarity of the lifestyle, and it's similar to the story in the Bible where the, uh, Hebrews were, uh, wanting to return back into bondage in slavery in Egypt because it's easier to deal with the familiarity of hardship than a being free doing something new. Right. So this mindset of this guy, apparently, uh, I don't know how long he had been out, but it's a difficult, that first couple years out for somebody that's done some serious time is a little bit of a challenge because it's so much easier, you know, you don't think about it when you're in there. You got a cable bill, you got a cell phone bill, you got a car bill, your auto insurance, all the light bill, gas bill, rent, all these things. Well, you don't have that in prison, right? You don't, you don't, you don't have to deal with all that. So, some people find it maybe a little easier. I don't know this particular guy's circumstances, but to just say I'd rather be in there. I've seen it with some senior citizens, 
that didn't want to get out that were forced to be released because they had nowhere to go. They were in their late seventies and their early eighties. They had nowhere to go. Well, so I mean, they're, means- so they're, I mean, they are definitely institutionalized. I mean, we all, you know, we, re- we remember hearing about it and seeing it in, in, uh, you know, well, I mean the, the classic movie of Shawshank redemption, uh, yep. where, you know, a man becomes institutionalized and, uh, you know that happens. This guy, this guy was fifty nine. He'd been out for uh, he'd been out for a couple of years, three or four years, uh, and he, that was that was enough for him. And so, I mean, he had he become institutionalized, I guess. And uh, I, I find it uh, that brings up the subject of uh, helping prisoners when they're in prison become better people and prepared to take on life outside of prison which i don't think happens well enough well it it, it probably is not well enough but they do have all type of re-entry programs in these facilities in the state by the way i was in the state of michigan i i've done you know over 12 years in that state system so i'm very familiar with it and they have all types of programs now even in the state of Michigan, they used to have college courses, training, uh, technical skills, electrical, auto body, auto repair, carpentry, plumbing, college. You could get a bachelor's degree, and it was all at the expense of the state. Well, they noticed that the recidivism rate wasn't changing. Weird. This was in the early 70s, and I was in there in the early 70s. So they noticed that the recidivism rate wasn't changing. And they got to a point where they said, well, we keep throwing money at this and it's not doing any good. So they kind of stopped those programs, but they do have re-entry classes. Now, the, the problem with this too, Jeff, is these individuals that they're dealing with, the mindset of the inmates and the staff, the staff tends to get to dehumanizing these guys. So if they need to take them through a six-week re-entry program, they just make sure they show up in the room dot the I's, cross the T's, and say that they did it. Right. That's it. So it's not a matter of them really trying to get in these guys' heads and say, man, you know, you need to be prepared for this. And I'm currently in prison ministry, and uh, so I try to tell these guys there is going to be a – when guys are first released from prison, and I've experienced it because I've gotten out of prison with money and I've gotten out of prison without money. So when you have a tendency to get out with, with no money, after a couple weeks, you start going into a state of depression in your mind because when you're in prison, you're not thinking about these bills. You're not thinking, about, man, if I could just get out there, everything's going to be cool. Everything's going to be all right if I can just get out there. Well, then reality hits. Right. You get out there, and there is no chow hall. There is no free lunch. There is no... Uh, laundry service there is there's none of these things that you have in prison clean sheets bed heat air whatever water running water so you have to obtain these things and it can be overwhelming if you have no skills and you're you say you're making two three hundred dollars a week four hundred dollars a week and your rent's nine hundred a month and you got all these bills it's overwhelming and the guys have a tendency to regress back into familiar behavioral patterns sure because it's easier Say, man, I know how to get some money. I know right. what to do. Right. So, and it's easier just to regress back into the old behavior to, instead of struggling through. Because let's say I'm getting out, and I just did eight years. 
my family members, my friends, your associates in the hood, these people's lives have advanced because they've all been working these eight years. Right. So then when you get out, you want the big screen TV, you want the iPhone, you want all these items, and they, these people didn't obtain them overnight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, so, but you want them overnight. Right. You want them now. So and it, you're not going to, you know, so it, it starts putting a challenge, and then it, it's easy to say, well, you know what, I'm going to do this one time. I know how to get some money. I'm Just to get ahead. Time. Just to get ahead. Just, Just to get, right. give, give, it, give me a break. Just. I'm going to do one stick up and that's it. And it, it just doesn't happen that way. Cause once you do one, you do another before you know it, you're all the way back into the lifestyle, into the streets, into the behavior. And then you're so back. There's, yeah. There's been a lot of times where I've seen guys where, you know, you see these cases in the news, like this guy, this guy admitted he wanted to go back, but right. you see a lot of these cases where we see these stories in the news and these individuals were just released from prison or on parole and they're committing these crimes. And I've heard people say, man, he must have wanted to go back to prison. My own family has said it about me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he must have wanted to go back to prison. Well, no, nobody, not really. I mean, right. Overall, I mean, right. This guy admitted to his lawyer, but for the most part, I mean, look. Any criminal doesn't think they're going to get caught, right? I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jeff. His lawyer said that? Yeah, that's what... Uh, oh, man, I don't believe no lawyer. Come on, a lawyer? A Michigan oh. man charged with robbery. I'm uh, just teasing you. So- <laughs> <laughs> lawyer. Uh, Which I'm sure, you know... So- they're all on your yeah, side. The lawyer was the lawyer. Yeah, the lawyer was trying to get his name in the paper. <laughs> no, is it, is it, no, it, it can happen. It can happen. I, I can see it possibly happen to someone just at the end and just said, man, you know, I'm not going to be out here digging out of a dumpster. I'm just not going to do it. You know, but, uh, you know, maybe that's what that guy chose. Maybe he did really say that to the lawyer, but or maybe myself. Or maybe defense attorney Tim Kane just wanted to get his name in the article. That's right. He might have wanted. To, let me let me let me put something out there. You know. That's really now. Funny. Now that he put that out there, the inmates are gonna think he's a snitch. Oh, he's telling the dude's business. <laughs> right. Well, let me. Uh, all right. No. So so let me ask you this now. And 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 we talk about the recidivism rate, and uh, you know we we have classes and courses that try to uh, you know help. So and I, I use help in parentheses. The prisoners be prepared to go back uh, into the into uh, you know the real world. But um, and what you're saying is it really doesn't work. We're just going through the motions because who's teaching those classes are in prison and they've got to keep everyone in line, not just the ones who are up almost ready to get out. So how do you how, how do you change that? it's it's all in the people's mindset and i i don't you know i'm i'm i've done a lot of time in prison but i'm not one of these people that we need to let these people out you know what i mean the, the people they need to serve their time but here's this here's the thing i could talk to an individual in an hour and i'd be able to tell you who's going to return back to prison or not i would be able to tell you right away they're they're broadcasting it in the prison now the prisons in, in the parole systems and different methods on releasing these guys, they don't want to stereotype. But let me, let me use this as an example. If they're skinheads, and we know the guys associated with a skinhead crew or maybe one of the uh, 
uh, uh, African American gangs that, that are popular in our culture, right. or uh, Hispanic gangs that are popular in our culture, and we know that they're associating, affiliating with those guys, and now you see them on the yard hanging with those same people. They don't chances want to are they're going to the streets to do it. Right, they, right. they don't want to change. See, that's the that's the thing, and I think Donald Trump and some of the people within our system believe these guys just need a break, and let's see, get them out of prison. That's, that's a, and they all want to do good. That is a they prevalent. Don't. That is a prevalent attitude in today's world. Oh, uh, uh, they don't. There, there's guys that are committed to this lifestyle, and it doesn't matter if they do ten years, eight years. I've I've did it, Jeffy. I I look at it like a bad marriage, and I was in uh, gangs and all this stuff and organized crime in uh, one percent or motorcycle clubs. So I looked at it as a bad marriage. I was committed to that lifestyle, in the in, like a marriage, and for better or for worse, the better was when I'm on the streets making that money. You right, know what I'm right, saying? I'm out here right. living living large. Right. The bad parts of the marriage was when I got busted and had to go walk a bit down. And every time in my mind, the way I looked at it while I was walking the yard, walking these bits down, I was hoping if I can just stay out longer than I just walked down, it'd be cool. If I could just stay out, I just walked down eight years. I hope I can stay out eight. That's the way I looked at it. Amazing. So there's no there's no government program that they're going to be able to implement to change my thinking on that. Right. Other than keeping me incarcerated to protect the public from my future criminal behavior, right. so uh, the, just to turn around and say, "Well, let's let these guys out early." They all want to just do good. No, no, no. <laughs> A big percentage of these people are committed to this lifestyle and criminal behavior, and they're broadcasting it in the prison while they're in there. They're talking about it on their phones. They're talking about it in their mail. They're telling everybody what their plans are when they get out. And then the government wants to think, then they don't understand why the recidivism rates, what they are today. Well, gee, he got a GED in prison. Let me tell you something. I did a robbery one time, and I said that to the people while I was robbing them and put it in a bag. I got a GED in the joint. And I just said it. So I was, I mock, I was mocking the whole system right. and mocking the people that I was robbing. Because, oh, they got me a GD. Now I'm all better. Watch this. Yeah. Put it in a bag. You know, so it's, put it in a bag. In and a I bag. put some other explicit. I used a little more, you know, colorful uh, language I when I said that. But, <laughs> but that's, the, you know. It, it's it, Until a person's mind has changed. And now I've experienced it. So you can't pay me to go out and commit a crime. I've been out 10 years now. In October 2nd, it's been 10 years. So now my whole thinking and my mind has changed. So until a person has that point in their life where they say, that's it. You know what I mean? I didn't go through rehab to quit using drugs or nothing. Not, you know, I didn't do it. So it might not be a bad thing for people to go into rehab. They, they might hear something that may trigger them to want to change their life. But I got to a point, and I had a trigger, and it got me to a point where I said, that's it, man. I'm done. And that's been it. My life is different now because I chose it, I chose to change and live my life in a different manner, and that's been the change. So how do we determine these guys in there are at that point? Uh, through their mail, through their uh, – 
Jimmy, if the government's right. listening to your and I phone calls out here, we can surely monitor <laughs> these guys' mail in prison. I, I would certainly hope so. Their phone calls, exactly. I would so hope so. We can monitor their phone calls, and they're talking on the phone. They're talking through the mail. They're talking about. Well, I heard so and so doing this out there. Wait till I get out there. I'm going to have a Range Rover. I show him. He thinks he's getting it on. Wait till I get out there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they're they're constantly <laughs> broadcasting their future behavior, what they're going to be doing when they get out. But, you know, due to, due to uh, you know, racial profiling or profiling these people, that's unacceptable. But, you know, if the government, if there's a serial killer operating in somebody's community, God forbid, they bring in FBI profilers and they profile these individuals to try to catch them, to try to find out who's doing it. But let's not profile them while they're in prison to determine their future behavior. Doesn't make any sense. It just don't make no sense. No, it None doesn't at all. make any sense at all. David J. Casey, I appreciate it. I know, uh, I know you're a busy man, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Anytime. And uh, we'll talk again very soon. A friendly reminder to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Uh, it's uh, this podcast hosted by yours truly, Jeff Fisher. All you have to do, the easiest thing to do, we've made, I really worked long and hard to make it as easy as I could for you to subscribe to this podcast. And that is go to theblaze.com slash podcasts. Scroll through the other podcasts. You can just bypass with those other shows. I mean, you can stop and look at them if you want, but really the most important one is Chewing the Fat. When you get to Chewing the Fat, click on it. That will open up, and you'll see a plethora of ways that you could subscribe. There's all kinds of platforms there, so whatever platform warms your little innards, you click on that, and you could subscribe to Chewing the Fat that way. And then... Then that's when I want you to share and tell your friends about it. But most importantly, you need to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Now, you sure you can, you know, go to the Blaze TV dot com slash Jeffy and you know subscribe to Blaze TV if you want. But right now, for free, for free, you go to Blaze dot com slash podcast. Click on Chewing the Fat. Subscribe on the platform of your choice. And we are good to go. And then you don't have to, you're still, you're a subscription freeloader. You're not just a freeloader. Okay. You don't want to be just a freeloader. You want to be a subscribing freeloader. Then all's well in the world. So I was surprised to find out. I thought San Francisco had a facility for supervised heroin use. I just I thought I thought we had done a story about that, but apparently, according to this latest story, uh, there's no supervised injection facilities currently operating in the United States. I I thought there was I thought there was one maybe in San Francisco, maybe one in New Hampshire. It just I, I just I feel like there was one. But anyway, so now Philadelphia wants to be on the forefront of that. So a federal judge has now ruled that Philadelphia, hey, you got a facility where intravenous drug users can get high under a medical professional's watchful eye? Sure. 
No problem. And because it's not the same as the crack houses that are prohibited under federal law, well, goody, goody. That means the city of Philadelphia, those leaders, those smart people, those smarter than you and I people are now moving forward with their nonprofit supervised injection facility called Safe House. Yes, Safe House. Now, look, we know that we've got very smart people on the board. And one of them is even the governor of the state of Pennsylvania. But. We want to be able to let people have a safe place, a safe house, and have a supervised injection facility. I mean, okay, I guess. Why are we still? Why are we saying that it's illegal then? I mean, there's U.S. attorneys are not going to be happy with it. I realize the federal judges are all. Well, it's not the same as crack houses, so that's fine. The crack houses, I'm sure they don't have a. They don't have a, a supervised uh, a supervised facility, so those are still illegal. I mean, okay, but good luck, good luck. As I, I'm talking about, uh, you know, it just it's a strange thing. It's illegal, and yet we're still saying oh, it's okay. Go ahead, we're fine. So we do have injection facilities around the world, right? In Canada and Europe. Uh, we've got, uh, injection, injection facilities, safe houses, uh, supervised injection facilities that, uh, are getting drug users off the streets and into a place where they can be monitored rather than arrested. And no, we want that for sure. And we want to be able to take care of them when they overdose. Yes, I can't wait. And for those of you thinking, Hey, my safe house is at home. I could just be in my house and do heroin. No, that's the wrong. No, that's the wrong drug. Well, you can smoke heroin. I mean, there's plenty of people that are smoking crack and smoking heroin. But when you want to talk about heroin, you talk about there's an opioid epidemic that's being rammed down our throats. I didn't finish the smoking of the bite. I don't feel like I want. I don't feel like getting high right now. Um, there's a. There's an opioid epidemic that's being rammed down our throats. That everything life is horrible, and we're taking away painkillers from good, hardworking Americans. Never mind all the people that are overdosing on heroin. But we want to have safe injection facilities for all these people. I'm. It's just a. Uh, we're living in a madhouse, no question. And you heard David earlier as well. We. I mean we. We've got people letting, letting them let prisoners out of jail because we 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 feel like they're going to do better. Okay, good luck, God bless. But you know, at least I can be home. I can, I can shoot up at my special injection facility called home, and I can watch the new All in the Family uh, live uh, tomorrow night on abc that's how they're doing it again they're pulling it out again all the family and good times live on abc I, I i missed the last one i was so bummed that i missed the last one and the reports were that it really wasn't that good but the ratings were great the ratings were through the roof on it so you're gonna have the live studio audience and it's gonna be live uh tomorrow night at uh eight o'clock seven central on abc to catch all the live action 
So, I mean, be ready to have fun and watch Norman Lear's All in the Family in Good Times tomorrow night. And you can just lean back and use that special safe injection facility called Home and watch a little ABC and the live All in the Family. But really what I'd like you to do, this is just a little you know, side note for me, is uh, DVR it, record it. Because uh, tomorrow night, uh, 6 to 9 Eastern, I'll be doing a show on 970 WFLA in Tampa. So, I mean, you don't want to miss that. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So Ring smart home devices have been compromised in a series of, uh, well, we played some of them and we heard the, we heard the, you know, they're, they're pretending to be Santa Claus and telling, (laughs) my favorite was the, the guy uh, telling the couple to, uh, to go to a certain website. They're both like, no. So uh, the company has said that, uh, it wasn't us. Wasn't our data breach. Uh, it was the user accounts. Those were individually hacked. It's not us. Uh, we're not using credentials uh, compromising our other data breaches. It's not us. It's them. So, still, uh, now they're saying one in four consumers across the uh, across major markets refuse to buy a smart device out of security concerns. So, I mean, okay, the I would say that these home services uh and i noticed just as a side note they are not an official sponsor of this broadcast however they are a sponsor here at the network uh simply safe uh has not had this problem and uh so i would say that uh you know if you were looking to use something for your home security uh, i would go to a simply safe and make that happen with them but uh these other companies that are, you know, I, I understand what they're saying. I truly do. It's not us. It's you. It's your security. Our security wasn't breached. But it just looks bad. And so I think that they're going to have to find a way to uh, to help people better than, uh, it's not us. Sorry. It's you. We're fine. We're fine with our stuff. Because they're gonna wanna, they're gonna wanna be able to continue to grow and have customers, and just by saying, "It's not us, it's you," that's not gonna make that happen. Sorry to break it to you, but it just isn't. Oh, did you see? There's footage, and I, it's really bad footage. I wish it was much better. Apparently, there's uh, there's a climate activist group that decided they were going to uh, block a train that was delivering coal. And uh, there's uh, there's video. It, it's dark, it's at night, and you can't quite tell, but you can hear the train coming, and you realize that it's, uh, you know, it's there, and they're trying to block this freight train. I want the news report to say earlier today in New Hampshire, climate activists stood in front of a train carrying coal to protest 
coal being delivered to power plants. The train continued on. Authorities will let you know how many bodies it ran over once the train officially passes the area. I just get, are you kidding me? What? You're going to stop the train because it's carrying coal? And then you're going to expect to go home and have the lights turn on. I don't know if you know this, but the reason the lights turn on is because the power company uses the coal to turn that into energy. So that when you want it gets shipped through the little wire to you, and then when you come in, you automatically expect to flip that switch up and have the light come on. A lot of countries don't have that. Want to know why? They don't have coal. Huh. Weird how that happens. So... I want to hear the horn train, and then I want to hear boom, boom, and have a nice day. Deliver the coal. I know they're not going to do that. I know that they're going to do that. But it's sad. And the, the railroads should not have to worry about that. Agonizing. You're listening to the Jackie Daly Show. <laughs> no, wait, that's on Sundays. Still, listen to it. Get right here on The Blaze. <laughs> Subscribe to Jackie when you go to theblaze.com slash podcast and click on Chewing the Fat. Then after you do that, go to Jackie and Pat Gray if you want to. I don't care. Whatever.